0: What's up friends and welcome back to the Cockrell Coop podcast. This is episode two dose and unfortunately I cannot start this episode off on a positive note like I did the last one. Obviously Spurs lost 3-2 to Man United away and yeah it's hard to not be disappointed by this result. Obviously Ronaldo's brilliance is what got United over the line in this situation because Man United's 1.02 xG was topped by Spurs' 1.62. So Spurs were supposed to come out of this game with the three points or at least one according to the expected points of 1.89 in comparison to United's 0.83. So statistically, Spurs should have at least got the draw from this game, but it unfortunately did not happen. Obviously, Ronaldo, you know, coming out of a 10-game goal 10 game goal drought, just bangs in three to win the game. Of course, it was just written in the cards. This is just one of those games where I feel like the result was already predetermined, if that makes any sense. Well, I'm sure it makes sense to a lot of Spurs fans because we oftentimes expect the worst. And this is very much a case where the worst was expected. Now, that 6-1 win at Old Trafford seems like a decade ago even though it was only 2 years ago. 2 years ago? Was it 2 years ago or was it last season? No, it was last see I can't even remember because it seems like such a long time ago that that 6-1 result happened. You know, that game was a wonderful game to watch. Was it an anomaly? Probably, maybe. But it was exciting nonetheless. And yeah, I now I'm sitting here thinking, what happened to that team? And it's kind of the same team. It's a different in a few, in a lot of ways. But most of the core players are still there. Yeah, it's just really disappointing because Ronaldo just had to flip on a switch and decide, hey, I'm going to score three goals against Spurs because I fucking hate them for whatever reason he just hates, he just hates us, he just scored against us four times this season, I believe, in the 2-0 defeat back in the earlier part of this season, I believe he got a goal, I'm not entirely certain, but he now has become the highest goal scorer in the history of the sport, according to FIFA, which is over 800 goals, and you know what's bad, like, like, here in, in Canada, I feel like we don't really talk about soccer on the news that much. Only when it, like, really concerns, like, the World Cup or or how Canada is performing. Especially, like, you know, in recent months, like, Canada has been getting quite a bit of coverage on the news because of our pretty good World Cup qualification run. And, yeah, like, I'm where I'm going with this is that it's not something that's really covered that much in the news. But, of course, I'm in the gym. I'm lifting weights and I got to see Ronaldo's hat trick to remind me again of this crippling loss. I got to see this again. I got to see Spurs get bantered in the news, in Canadian television. Why do I got to see this? It's just like, oh man, a, sometimes the the fate of this club is just to, uh, just to be bound in inconsistency and this inconsistent run of form continues. Win-loss, 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 win-loss. Snip-snap, snip-snap, snip-snap. How many losses followed by wins followed by losses can one fan take? And the answer is unlimited because once you're a fan of this club, you're doomed for life. It was just honestly like the first Ronaldo goal. Wow. Dip your hat to that. It's really hard to stop that. I mean, Lloris could have done better for... For Some of the saves, as does anyone ever notice that when Larice lets in a goal, sometimes he 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 thinks that oh, this is that's for sure not going in, so he just turns his head and stays still like a statue while the ball flies past him. When he might have been able to make a save if he had a reaction, but sometimes I think he just misjudges what he's or the direction of the ball and decides that it's not going in when in fact it's totally going in, and I feel like that. Like, all of our goals are conceded like that. Obviously, sometimes he can't see, you know, some of our defenders are blocking him. But but this is just me uh, making a judgment off of what I'm seeing. Maybe I'm, I'm an idiot. But yeah, I just feel like a lot of our goals, he, he just stands there and just watches. And you know, obviously, he makes some incredible saves. He's definitely, definitely a top keeper. Probably one of the most underrated in the world right now. Or especially over the last 10 years. But yeah, it's just really frustrating. I feel like he could have saved Ronaldo's goals. Or at least one or two of them. But anyway, on a more positive note, it, it was encouraging to see that the team came back twice to draw the game. We got uh, Harry Kane's penalty won by Kulisevsky, which was good to see. I thought he had a really good performance again. Probably the, um, the player on our team that is performing the best right now, I would say. He's in, other than Kane, I think Kuliszewski is in in the best form of this team right now. And Kane, again, showing how consistent he is with his penalty scoring and bagging one in, and uh, that was really exciting. And then um, Maguire scored an own goal, now moving, own goal, be our third highest scorer this season which is incredibly deflating you know it's it's kind of telling that um our goals are coming from two players and it it just adds to our inconsistency like imagine if the whole team was firing on the cylinders that and kane would i'm pretty sure we would win absolutely everything but despite the inconsistent form and despite the loss and ronaldo's wonder hat trick after a 10 game fucking goals drought um there were some encouraging signs i felt i thought that our pressure was relentless at times we had 54 57 possession to united's 43 which was good you know i think a lot of us at times really lament the fact that we have less possession than other teams and it constantly feels like we're sitting in our back half thus being branded by commentators as a counter-attacking side when really all of our attacks are generated from the back and we're playing out of the back. And that's how we build goals. You know, we, we start from the back, but we're always labeled a counter-attacking side, probably because we mostly have less possession than other teams. But yeah, we had more possession and we had less shots on target, uh, three less shots on target, but I just felt like we had so many more chances than they did to score goals. And it was just really frustrating. But the, the signs are encouraging. You know, I think that Conte still needs time. And I think with a few players coming in next summer, uh, we could really, you know, do some damage. Hopefully at least carve a spot in the Champions League places next season. You know, this season, I think it's becoming increasingly unlikely, sp- unlike-y? Unlike-y? unlikely, especially with how consistent Arsenal has been. God damn it. They just beat uh, Leicester 2-0 today, and that was really disappointing to see, especially after yesterday's results. But yeah, I I just don't see how we make top four this season. Honestly, I'm, I'm just being really pessimistic. At the beginning of the season, I thought that we might have had a good chance. But right now, I'm not so sure. In all honesty, I'm not so sure. And that's really disappointing because I feel like on, on paper, our squad is better than Arsenal's. Definitely better than fucking West Ham's on paper. But for some reason, every player just like loves to concede goals. That's really a uh, reductionist of me to say, but I just feel like we leak goals that should not be leaked on crosses. We need a center back who is fucking dominant in the air, like absolutely dominant. And I think that that left-sided center back position, as good as Ben Davis has been since Conde took over, I think that if we get an aerially dominant center back who can cut out any crosses, so we don't concede goals off lateral free kicks anymore, off corners, like a s that would save at least 25% of the goals that we concede in any given season. If we just got a really aerially dominant left footed center back, that has to be the priority, in my opinion, other than a midfielder like in the mold of Brozovic that Conte had to enter. Uh, I think we we really do need to strengthen in the midfield. Um, I think Benton Kerr is a good start, but we need more. You know, we we can't be running Hoi Bergen to the ground. We need other options, I think. And yeah, uh, I also thought that Regulon struggled in this game again. Like I said last episode, is that uh, you know I think. He is struggling, and I, I'm not so sure that he fits into Conte's system. I don't think he's a wing back. I think he's more of a fullback. I like how fast he is, and he can be quite direct, and he's got a really good cross on him, but I don't know, man. It's just he just seems lost. I, I, I just don't think that he's a wing back. I think that's what it comes down to. Um, I think... You know he's only 25 years old. He could improve. He could be better suited to the system with more training and a proper preseason and whatnot. But ah oh, man, do you do we take the 40 million from Real Madrid and the buyback clause and reinvest? I think so. Honestly, at this point, I think so. As lo- as good of a character as he is for the dressing room, I just think that we can get someone more suited to Conte's needs. Which sucks because he's he's a really good player. He's a good guy. I like the way the energy he brings. Especially on uh, on social media or in the team interviews and whatnot. I, I really do think that he brings a lot to this side. He's probably a highly influential character in the dressing room. But fuck, he just doesn't suit the system. In my opinion, I would take the $40 million for him and reinvest it. But... Perhaps I'm being a little reactionary. I do at the end of the day, I do think he's a good player, and I hope he improves. But yeah, no news on Cessignon's injury, as far as I'm aware. I I don't know where else where else to go with this right now. You know, in this game, I I didn't really pay attention to everything that was happening. You know, I was I was listening for most of it, and it seemed like we had we were on the front foot. For more of the time but at the end of the day it just wasn't enough i think that i think that this is the way that the cards fall sometimes and it sucks especially when the team that you're playing doesn't deserve the victory especially statistically then it's just really deflating we should have at least came out with a draw i would have been happy with a draw two two not bad but no menu does a double over spurs this season and for one side of Manchester, we cannot play this season, at least. For the other side, which is the much better side, we show up under two different managers. But Man U had enough to beat us in the end. And they reach 400 Premier League home wins, and they are the first team to do that. And again, more records being broken against Spurs, and it has to happen against them against us. So with that being said, you know, I don't really have anything else to say, because like I said, I didn't watch most of this game. I was listening to most of it. And also I'm just trying to like, you know, get my bearings with this podcast and think of ways that I want to approach it. And I'm also going to be writing blog posts. You know I'm going to check it out at the .com. I'm going to get rid of that .wordpress at some point in the near future. But for now, um, as I get my bearings and whatnot, I'm just going to, yeah, try and make these episodes short. Hopefully try and get someone else to come on with me, another Spurs fan, preferably. Uh, and yeah, I'm just going to cut this short right now. I think I said that like four or five times. But uh, yeah, that's going to be it onward and upward hopefully next week we are playing we are playing Brighton on Wednesday and much has been made of our inconsistency especially when we don't have much time to prepare for games and we play Brighton on Wednesday and then West Ham the following Sunday which is a week from today on March the 20th and uh, yeah it's not looking good you know, after that, I believe is the international break. At least we're out of the FA Cup and the Carabao. No other competitions. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm just hoping that we can find some consistency, especially towards this back end of the season. You know, there aren't too many games left. There are 12 games left, and the top four race. I'm not gonna lie, is is, is spicy. It is spicy, and on paper, our fixtures are kind of easy going forward. You know, Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Villa, Brighton again, Brentford, Leicester, Liverpool. Eh, that sucks. Burnley and Norwich. So on paper, you know, we could have a... These are all teams that we should be beating. You know, except Liverpool. These are all teams that we should be beating. Uh, yeah, we, we just struggle. And we're going to continue to struggle, but it's going to be fun to watch regardless. I am Julian, the host of The Cockroach Coop. This has been episode two, and I will talk to you all later. Bye now.